Hey everyone, welcome to the Megan May Podcast. I am your host, Megan May, and I am so excited you are here. I am a wife, mom to four, entrepreneur, small town girl, people pleaser in rehab, faith follower, and just your average girl next door. Enough with the small talk, let's dig deep. I am excited to share with you in this space real and imperfect episodes of marriage, mom life, relationships, faith, adoption, and so much more. More than anything, I hope to inspire you to truly know how much you matter in this world. So grab a cozy spot, blanket, snack, or beverage of your choice and come exactly as you are, and let's get started. Have you ever went into a new year trying to find a word? I know some people set goals and dreams for their new year, but for me, the last couple years, I have been setting a word for myself. That word, when I think about it, sometimes can come to me in 10 minutes, and sometimes it can take many weeks. But when it finally comes to me, I write it down, I put it in places that I can see it every day, and I usually put it on the home screen of my phone so I can remember it. Last year, I was a bit shocked by the word that came to me, and that word was boundaries. At first, I was a bit surprised, and then I was a bit in denial that this was the one word I needed for the whole year. And then I was kind of frustrated as I knew this word would cause me to do a lot of self-work and cause me to say no, and cause me to probably end up unintentionally hurting feelings. But then, as I thought more and more about it, it was a word I desperately needed to get under control in my life, or I was going to slowly keep sinking into everyone else's needs and wants versus my own. And so I decided to keep that word. I wrote it down in places I could see every day, and I put it on my phone. I started reading books about it and listening to podcasts, but the hardest thing I did with the word boundaries was look at myself and ask questions why it was so hard for me to have boundaries. About four years ago, there was an event at our local bar, and if you're from a small town, usually that local bar is the number one place anyone goes to for any kind of surprise events, anniversary parties, birthday parties, you know, all the things. And at the time, our friend was having his surprise 30th birthday party there. I was sitting at a table with a gal who in the past I used to do her hair, and she also became my daughter's teacher as well. I can't remember what we were even talking about, but however I answered her question, it made her respond with, Megan, you are such a people pleaser. You know that you can actually tell me no, right? Of course, at the time, I am sure I did not tell her no. But that sentence she said to me ran in my head over and over the rest of that night. Megan, you are such a people pleaser. Megan, you are such a people pleaser. You know that you can actually tell me no, right? I actually had no idea nor ever diagnosed myself as a people pleaser. I was a little offended and a bit shocked that she would even say that to me. I mean, there is nothing wrong with wanting to help people or bend over backwards for them or never say no to things or never do things that you love because you don't want to offend anyone else or saying yes when you have zero time in your schedule already. And there's nothing wrong with not getting any of your things done at work because you let other people's things take need and be more important than your own or... 
There's nothing wrong with getting yourself into situations where you said yes and it was something that absolutely drains you and you don't want to tell them because it would hurt their feelings. And there's nothing wrong with saying yes to every single family event and going to multiple events with your kids in one day because you don't want to say no. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, right? I was completely offended. But sometimes the thing that offends you the most is the thing that you need to hear the most, as it can often be the thing that you need to work on the most. And I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the thing that offends you the most is the thing you need to hear the most, as it can often be the thing you need to work on the most. This woman doesn't even know that as I talk about this topic on today's podcast episode, that I am so darn thankful she offended me that night. Because if you can relate to any of the things I listed above, you are a people pleaser through and through, which is not bad. But it is something that if you don't constantly keep in check or rein back in, you will slowly deplete yourself and cause more harm to the people you love than good. I love many aspects of myself as a people pleaser. It has helped me immensely in the customer service world as I love serving others and I love giving. It is something that truly fuels me, but it is also something that has sucked me dry, caused anxiety or panic attacks out of nowhere, and turned me into a less than joyful mom, wife, friend, or relative. So why did I bring up people-pleasing in this podcast when my word for last year was boundaries? Well, it's because if you can relate to any of the things of pleasing others, then girl, you better know what kind of boundaries that you need to have to go with it. Even though it was my word for last year, and it's a word that I have to have in the back of my mind every single day, because like I said before, I'm a people-pleaser in rehab. And just like any addiction that one may have, you can't just go to rehab and expect a miracle and to be healed without continuing to do the work each and every day. You become a work in progress, and when you find yourself slipping back into old habits and old ways, you start catching yourself again, and you start slowly working at it again, and you slowly get back to the better side of your people-pleasing tendencies. As much as boundaries are hard on you, let me tell you guys they are most likely going to be harder on your family and friends because oftentimes those are the people in your life that for years have been so used to you saying yes to their every need or agreeing on an issue even if you had an opinion of your own or playing small in life because you wanted to avoid any kind of disruption at all cost. Creating boundaries may cause you to lose people, upset people, and even hurt people But more importantly, they will also help you find yourself again. Your passions, your purpose, your interests, your time, your rest, and your joy. So, where do we start? I'm going to tell you where I started. Remember, this is what is best for me and may not work for everybody. I am no therapist, nor do I ever care to be one. I have slipped back from time to time, and so I am far from perfect with my boundaries and what I'm going to share with you on how I work through them. But I'm going to regal over that list I mentioned earlier. And if you can relate to any of these things, I would highly recommend you to grab a paper and a pen and write this down. So my first one I'm going to get into, bending over backwards and never saying no. You guys, if it does not bring me joy, 
if it does not fit into my calendar or it does not align with my goals, the answer is no. I used to make my no's be very lengthy when I had to tell people no, and I would over-explain why I couldn't do something, why it wouldn't work for me, because, of course, I felt terrible telling them no. But recently, I have actually started working on just a shorter answer, like, hey, thanks for thinking of me, but I'm going to pass, or, oh, that sounds great, but it won't work for my schedule, or... I'm unable to make the commitment, but thanks for reaching out. I appreciate it. Or simply, I am unable at this time. So the next one on the list, saying yes when you have zero time in your schedule. This one is hard for me, especially if I'm actually super excited about the thing that is being asked. I would actually say yes to something and then go look at my planner, because you guys, I do still have a paper planner, And I would instantly feel bad or discouraged about the yes because I truly would have no time to commit to it. In the past, I would rework my schedule, erasing my plans, which would eventually tick me off in the long run. So now I try really hard not to answer right away, even if I'm really excited about it. I will respond with, I love this idea. Let me get back to you on it. And before I say a yes, I make sure it fits in my schedule without having to rearrange all the things that I need to get done. Next up on the list, not getting any of your things done at work because you let other people's things take presence. As a business owner or at one time working in an office setting, I failed constantly at this one. I would have my paper planner with specific things written down to accomplish each day. And the second I would walk into work and someone needed something from me, I would drop it all and help them. With doing so, it would often cause me to be late on my own projects that were due or really stress me out and cause my anxiety to arise. Or even worse, I would have to work on it during the times I was supposed to be with my family. Now I will say there is definitely a time and a place where you do need to set your work aside and help out somebody else. But if we could be really truthful with ourselves, most often than not, it is something that can either wait or they can actually do it themselves without your help. My fix on this would be saying, I would love to help and can let you know when I'm able after I get what I need to on my list done for the day. Or, hey, I'd love to talk to you more about this. Would 1230 work today? Or, yes, let's get this project done. I could come help you Thursday this week or it would have to wait till next week. Let me know what works best for you and I'll write it down. These are just a few of the things that have helped me to not allow other people's priorities become more important than mine, especially when deadlines were in place. Oh, my next one's gonna be a good one. Getting yourself into situations where you said yes to something that absolutely drains you and you don't want to tell somebody because you don't want it to hurt their feelings. You guys, there has been countless times where I have said yes or committed to something that I absolutely hated. (laughs) Most of these things for me would be if I had to make or bake food for somebody or throw a party or an event for someone. These are things that would turn me into a real monster of a mom and wife at home or cause me to swallow the anxiety back down in my throat that I so badly wanted to throw up. And once the event actually took place, I would put a huge smile on my face and act like everything was just perfect. 
I really have no subtle tips for this if you can relate to this at all. Everyone has their things that just truly can drain them. But these have become events or yeses that I just do not do anymore. And sometimes, you guys, I feel awful saying no to this. Like not signing up for the meal train for our Bible study group when someone is sick or having a baby. Or not throwing a party for a friend or an employee. Or not helping out at the funeral lunches at the local church that we used to attend. I do feel bad. But for my sanity and my poor kids and husband, stuff like this is just a big fat no. And my last example for the day, and this is what many of you mamas can relate to, but saying yes to every single family event, sometimes going to even multiple events in one day with all your kids because you just can't say no. So depending on where your extended family and in-laws reside, this can be different for everyone. For me, almost all my family and almost all Jake's family live within an hour from us. I love this, except when it comes to holidays. Our kids on my side of the family are the only grandkids and great-grandkids. And on Jake's side, everyone is so close and enjoys getting together for the holidays. It is what they have done for years and years. And don't get me wrong, I actually love getting together with them too. I enjoy it. It is great. I love having conversations with everybody. And the kids have a blast. And all is wonderful. Until for me, it becomes completely exhausting. For years, we would go to multiple places for one holiday. I would have laundry baskets literally laid out the night before with any items that needed to go to that place and any food that needed to go as well. I would take a laundry basket to one house, and as we were leaving, I would put the remainder stuff back in it, get home, grab the other laundry basket, and take it to the next house. Side note, this is a genius way if you are attending multiple family events, by the way. Everyone loved this, you guys, but me. And if I could be honest, I spent many holidays in the bathroom secretly wiping tears away and pretending that everything was just perfect. And then last year, before we hit Christmas, I had this slight panic attack, not over the laundry baskets or over the different food that I had to bring for each place. It wasn't over mingling or packing any of the things that were needed at each place. It was actually over the fact that my kids were going to be grown and out of the house and would never have a memory or a single family tradition of our own. I had this picture in my head that I was going to lose my kids every single holiday to my son-in-law or daughter-in-law or whomever they married because I'm sure they had many family traditions on their side and my kids had none and they would always choose the fun traditions over ours because we had none. You guys, I panicked and you know what? It was the best thing ever. It made me put my foot down and truly know that my traditions with my kids would need to be more important than everybody else's feelings getting hurt. They would need to be more important than being talked badly about, and they would need to be more important than disappointing people that I love. You best believe it, but I will be doing a whole episode, you guys, on this conversation in the future. But for now, what I'm going to tell you is that I started saying no to others and instead putting my time my efforts and baking skills into my own family for the holidays instead of somebody else's tradition. 
Now, you guys, this does not mean that we stop getting together for every holiday or family event. As I said before, I love getting together with these family members, and so do my kids. But what it does mean is that I put boundaries and I picked my battles around the holidays that mean the most to me. And no matter who is hurt, no matter who talks badly, or who is upset with me, I choose to let it be their problem and not mine. It's not to be mean at all, but they are not the ones raising my kids. They are not the ones that will deal with the regret if my kids never come back home for a holiday. It is Jake and I who are going to deal with that. And if all of us getting together is truly important to them, then we can choose a different day that is not on a holiday and actually start new family traditions with them. You can love someone and have boundaries. I love my kids to death, but I have boundaries. Being a mom is not the only title in this world that was given to me. I love my husband, actually more than any other person on this planet. But being his wife, although it's pretty high up on my list, is not the only title that has been given to me. I love my best friends, and I have the most amazing best friends. But being their friend isn't the only title I have. I love my family, my extended family, and my in-laws, but there's a lot of them. And being their family and being in their traditions isn't the only commitment or traditions that I have. I love connecting with people, but knowing the boundaries of when I can and can't respond to them is okay. Once you can look at this, you guys, and believe that you can love with boundaries, you will see that it can actually work beautifully And most importantly, you will feel so free. And I guess if I accidentally upset someone along the way, I'll actually have them vent to the woman who offended me in the bar that one night by calling me a people pleaser. That comment changed me in the best way, but I had to do the work first. I had to write down both the great things about being a people pleaser and the not so good things about being a people pleaser. And look at the areas where I was completely being depleted. If you can relate at all to this, and I didn't offend you, I challenge you to do the same. Write it down. Write down what you love about your people-pleasing skills and what you know is out of line. And most importantly, put it to work. And you guys, if I offended you, well, good. Because you remember, if it offends you, it's often the thing that you should probably work on. Either way, I want you to know more than anything that you matter and the best version of you matters as well. See you next time, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Megan May podcast. You can follow more of me on Instagram at you matter by Megan. Please also subscribe and leave a rating for this podcast. Your love and support is greatly appreciated.